Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed that just as much as I did. Fiona is such an amazing resource. Please, please, please check her out. Follow her on Instagram at spedadulting and make sure you go check out her blog, Adulting Made Easy, AKA Sped Adulting. And if you're a teacher or even a parent at home looking for extra resources, her Teachers Pay Teachers page is absolutely incredible. Everything is so well-priced. It's amazing stuff. You can download it right onto your computer. You can use it in Google Slides. You can um, put it on Google Classroom. Everything is so user-friendly. Highly recommend checking out that Teachers Pay Teachers page. Um, again, that's at Adulting Made Easy, aka Sped Adulting. Um, go check it out. You won't want to miss it. And I hope to see you guys soon with some more guests. I hope you guys are having a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you next time. All right, you guys, I am so excited. Today we have a guest on the podcast and her name is Fiona. She is absolutely amazing. Um, all of her resources are have been so helpful, not only to me, but a lot of my colleagues. She's here joining us. She's gonna tell us a little bit about her as a teacher and how she got into her Teachers Pay Teachers site and her blog. And here she is. I'll let her tell you a little bit more about her. Hello, thank you for having me on. So I am Fiona and I am the owner slash creator of Adulting Made Easy, or you might know it also as Sped Adulting. Um, so this is a blog slash teachers pay teachers resources and I have social media where I like to share ideas and resources. Kind of rewinding back before this, transition teacher and vocation program specialist um, and I work with Mod Severe, so 18 to 22 year olds, and sometimes high school. And a lot of my students, you know, needed modified materials, and it was really hard to find anything out there that was relevant, that was simplified enough for them. Um, so I found myself making a lot of those materials on my own, and I came along Teachers Pay Teachers, and I was like, oh my God, I can get paid to create these resources, which is I'm already doing. So I, th I thought that was pretty awesome. And, you know, in a, f in a way it's, you're collaborating with other teachers because you can buy their resources, what's worked for them and vice versa. So it's, it's been a huge, um, awesome way to network and collaborate with other teachers, um, whether it's paid or free resources. Um, and then, you know, through social media, getting to meet people like yourself, um, you know, just connecting and sharing ideas and sharing what's, uh, what strategies work for all, all of our different students. So I, I've been teaching for about six years and then I was a para um, for five years prior to that. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and when you first started teaching, did you have this Teachers Paid Teachers already made or was that something that came along after? How soon into teaching did you develop your blog? So I, I didn't know about Teachers Pay Teachers until my second or third year of teaching. Um, and so, well, I think I had like come across a few random things and I, but I didn't really like make an account and look into it. Um, so yeah, it was a couple of years in teaching until I finally decided to take the dive and look up how to properly make the resources and copyrights and all that stuff. And um, yeah, the rest, I've just been extra busy now, but, <laughs> but it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. We talked a little bit off, off mic about 
how you balance everything. And I know I struggle sometimes with having this podcast and teaching full time. Um, and you just make it look so easy. And I remember when I first moved from elementary school into transition and I was looking for resources and Teachers Pay Teachers was the first place I found you. And I was like, wow, like all of these activities are so user-friendly. They're pretty to look at. They're relevant, right? Like they fit our age group. Um, and then discovered that a lot of my colleagues were using your materials too. And they're, you know, huge fans of all of your stuff. How do you balance your job in the classroom and then your side hustle that has been super successful? Yeah. So, I mean, basically right now I have no life. Um, you know, I would, I would say, I think the one thing is I don't have kids yet. So I have that time right now to be able to work on these resources. Once I have kids, I, I don't know how some of the teacher authors that are out there, how they do it. That, that seems crazy to me to be able to do kids work full time and side hustle, but you know, everyone's a lot more amazing than, than they, um, they think they are. So as long as you work hard, you can really accomplish anything. But, um, yeah, as far as it kind of goes hand in hand with the teaching, I'm constantly making materials for my students. Like every single time I get a new student, every single one of their goals is so different than my last student's every single goal. So I'm literally just making materials and kind of going along. If something doesn't work, I make it a different way or I make another material for whatever it is, or this one might need more multiple choice answers or less, or as we progress, I might make it a little bit harder and harder. So a lot of the inspiration and ideas come directly from my students that I work with. And then on the side of that, I get requests from other people. And so it's, it kind of goes hand in hand, but at the same time, I'm just working after school all day, every day. It's, <laughs> it's pretty exhausting, but I think in the end it's worth it because it's benefiting the students and then also making lives easier for other teachers. So that's great to hear. That's so awesome that you are able to do that. And, you know, you've, you've built it so well that I'm sure one day when you do have a family, you know, it'll kind of, for, for what you already have, it'll kind of just keep the ball rolling, you know? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. um, and I know that your resources have been especially helpful now that like a lot of us are doing virtual learning and um, how has your school really responded to the pandemic and, and what has your schedule morphed into over the course of the pandemic? So I guess luckily I was already using digital resources prior to the pandemic. I was always a huge fan of using my smart board and using the tablets. Um, I know for a lot of people this was completely foreign to them. They've been used to just using worksheets or if they do use the computer it's just to show a PowerPoint or something really simple. But um, for my students using like boom cards or using interactive PDFs, that's been my way of getting them to participate and buy into a lot of these um, activities is having the positive reinforcement right after they click that button, it tells them they're correct or incorrect. They, to them, it's a game and not like they're doing work. Whereas I can hand them the same exact um, criteria on a worksheet and I, you know, might have a hard time getting them to even write their name on it. So it's um, that part of it for me was a smooth transition. I've already been pretty um, tech savvy, I guess. I'm not, I still had to learn so much stuff, but 
as of right now, we have gone into hybrid. So that's two days a week um, and we have two different cohorts. And so I have students that are here on Tuesday, Thursday, and then the other students are here Wednesday, Friday. And the way that it'll work is I teach an online lesson three times a day. So I live stream that lesson in the classroom and for my virtual students. And so they're all still getting to see each other and interact and get to do the same lesson. And then in between those lessons um, with the staff that are on campus or even virtual, they are working one-on-one -on -one with the students to catch up on the IEP goals um, or any areas of regression. And so it's, um, it's been a good smooth transition of coming back to school because it's, it's definitely been a little hard to get into back into the routine for a lot of the students. So it's, it's nice to kind of like do it little by little. And then I believe our next reopening phase, we're going to open that up to doing Mondays also. So a third day um, in rotation until we eventually work our way up to a full in-person. Yeah. And what does that look like um, for you guys in the community? Um, you know, cause I know that for us, in, in our school, we're slowly easing our way back into the community, like maybe just walks around the block, you know, working on crossing the street, um, maybe a trip up to Target. Um, but have you, has your school talked about anything about getting back into the community and what that looks like? Yeah, as of right now, we are not going into the community um, for even just as simple as like a walk or a grocery store trip. Um, and we're also, we usually do um, off-campus work experience, which is on a pause right now. Um, I think we might be able to start doing the, um, the quick trips uh, or just like the simple walks to the grocery store um, after spring break, but they haven't quite announced that yet. But um, it's, I think it's gonna be really dependent on what the community also looks like because a lot of my students like can't wear masks or if they put it on they take it right off so that's going to be a huge component into whether we can actually go into a store because of the requirements for for masks right now and so yeah at this moment we're at least trying to work on it in the classroom but that even that's really tough yeah and just thinking about what that looks like and how how we as teachers are going to have to prep our students so much for uh, what that does look like, right? Almost like starting over. Mm -hmm. um, and how how has your staff been um, impacted by all of this? You know, the staff in your classroom, have, has it been a huge learning curve for them? Or um, have you really like set the stage for them with digital tools that they were like, easy, go with the flow, no problem? So it's been a huge learning curve, even for my staff. Um, Many of them are not tech savvy and I didn't realize this, but there's a handful of them that didn't have computers or internet. So I, it, it was going back to the basics. I had to teach them how to use email and how, how to go on to a Zoom meeting, um, basically just from square one for a handful of my staff. You know, for, for me, like I'm immersed in technology all the time. So like I, it didn't occur to me that other people weren't using email or on the computer all the time either. <laughs> but, um, you know, th I guess thankfully, um, you know, once they got to know the basics, they really don't have too much work to do right now. It really is all on the teacher for the most part. There's, there's only so much they can do. So they, they really just attend all of the meetings and they're there to take data on 
um, their specific student or students. Um, they might be able to help me with like doing attendance. Um, and then also, you know, meeting with the student one-on-one -on -one aside from my group lessons. And so other than that, it, it's, it's a little bit easier for them right now. They're not having to come on campus with like, I'm there every day, but then they're there just with the, their cohorts. And um, yeah, when it's virtual, there, there's not much they can contribute. Um, but I've, I've tried to go and have them contribute by, um, you know, making some videos, life skills videos, like how to vacuum or how to plant a plant. Um, that way the students, because I, I love using YouTube, but it's nice to have familiar faces also. So I've tried to include them in ways that I'm able to. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. You know, like having your staff, because they just probably use their phone cameras, right? To yeah, just very simple. I just said, just text me over and I'll do the rest. I'll edit it or whatever need be. Um, and so, yeah, that was the easiest form of technology I was able to incorporate with the staff. Yeah, that, that's a really good idea, you know, for other teachers listening, how you can get your staff involved with the virtual learning. And is there a platform that you like to use, um, you know, to put up these videos for your students to, to watch? Like, do you use Google Classroom or Canvas or? Um, we were, we're using Microsoft Teams. Oh, so yeah. I have it like in a drive within there. Or okay. I've incorporated it it within my lessons sometimes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good idea. And, you know, for your students, you know, who are doing virtual, they're, they're obviously used to a lot of your digital materials. And um, what would you say has been the biggest impact on them through all of this? Yeah, so using technology in general, I mean, if it was hard for my staff, it's, it's hard for a lot of teachers also. We had to learn so much it's not going to be easy for the students and I don't know what type of scenario they have going on at home. And, you know, I really feel for all the families, like you, if you have several kids and they're all on different platforms at the same time and your internet's not working and, you know, it's a lot to handle all at once. And um, it's, it's already hard for my students to sit through a whole 30 minute lesson as it is. So having to do that on the computer in your home, I think, you know, we were all just kind of caught off guard and, you know, they're probably thinking like, what, what is this? Why am I doing this? And a lot of the students don't associate doing like homework or schoolwork in their home. To them, that's their place of like, I'm not doing work here. Like I'm, this is my safe space. But, you know, the second we brought in schoolwork, it was tough for a lot of the families. They're just like, they just won't do it. They won't want to go on the virtual conference. They don't like the second I try and hand them a worksheet or anything it's it just starts up behaviors and so I always tell the parents you know safety is always first make you know I don't force them to do anything um, as long as you and your child are safe that's what really matters and then we'll try and brainstorm different strategies that might help um, whether that be using like a visual schedule or checklists um, I give I'll send home like the first then boards or choice boards um, and then just reminding them that, you know, try and utilize those preferred items or activities for after they finish whatever non-preferred thing it is. Like, don't let them just have it all day because then it's not going to really be, you know, a reward to them. 
And so it, the, the other tough part is a lot of my students benefit mostly from like task boxes or task cards or adapted books. And these are all things that are not worksheets. And um, it's really hard to replicate that many materials and send them home where it, and I have it all in my classroom and we can all share the same materials. So that's, I've been trying to like make as many materials to send home as possible, but it's been really, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. And I will say you've done you have done an amazing job like taking those task cards and putting them in a digital format. But like you said, there's only so much you can do, you know, online and it's just so much more helpful to have it tangible. Yeah, just it all depends on their learning style and their preferences. And for some students they love the digital activities and that's great, but it's not for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so for families that are dealing with this, right, it's got to be so hard with, like you said, multiple children, um, all being on different platforms and figuring out everybody's schedule. And I know I have some families who really don't do well with checking email, or they just want a hard copy of everything. Like when we do the IEP, like, they'll drive all the way to school to sign it. They don't, they won't do it over PandaDoc or anything yeah. like that. Um, so what are some, some tips or strategies that you have for families who are supporting their students with special needs at home? Um, I think it's um, first and foremost, the most important is to have a schedule of some sort. Um, and if it needs to be a visual schedule, that might be even better. Just depends on your child. And, you know, you can ask your teacher to send you materials if needed, send you a, a, a template or a, a pre-made schedule of what to expect throughout their, their school day, or even if it's um, as simple as something that's like breakfast, school, lunch, and then school all done, and then I get to enjoy a movie after, or something like that. Um, that way they know they're front-loaded and they know what to expect throughout their day. Um, and that's also something that will be helpful if once you guys start doing hybrid or you go back to in-person, um, I've sent all my families schedules that say on Monday and Tuesday, and it has a visual, like you're virtual, so you'll be on the computer and staying at home. And then on Wednesdays and Fridays, you'll be coming to school, because that was, that's a hard concept for a lot of the students to understand that we've never done before, like it's always been Monday through Friday. And so doing the, the half and half at first was kind of confusing, but um, I think the visual schedules really helped. And then... Um, you know, as I'd mentioned earlier, try and save your preferred activities or items for after they finish a non-preferred activity, which is most likely some sort of school um, activity. <laughs> um, and use the first then statements. That's another thing you can ask uh, the teacher to send you is a first then board. And, um, or you, you know, you don't have to use a board, but you can just say it verbally, like first math homework, then movie or whatever the preferred item is. Um, that's usually very uh, a very successful strategy that works in the classroom all the time. Um, I like to give a lot of choices. So, you know, if they are not wanting to participate in something, you can say, okay, like you can do this, this, or this. And that way they feel like they're in control of whatever they're, they're choosing and, but they're still being compliant and doing some, something as far as schoolwork goes. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can't really dictate what happens in the home setting. I, I can't fully say I understand anyone's situation at home. So, you know, I, I hope these strategies help, but I completely understand if they don't, it's all just 
a person by person or family by family case. And, you know, not every strategy might work, um, but hopefully some or one of them does stick. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's important for families to keep in mind too, that if one of these isn't working in a week or two, like that doesn't mean that it doesn't work, right? Like sometimes you have to give it some time, you know, keep giving choices, keep finding what is reinforcing to your child and um, what you think is reinforcing might not be. So try different things and just don't give up um, mm -hmm. because those are all amazing strategies. And um, sometimes you have to give it some time for it to really stick. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What are you most looking forward to about going back to school when we return to our normal? Like what's the one thing like you're really missing right now about what your program really looks like? Um, well, I'd have to say several things. Um, it would be like the cooking lessons. We usually mm -hmm. do those once a week. I mean, that's just really fun stuff. And like, like I said, that's like those times where you're learning, but nobody realizes you're doing schoolwork. <laughs> um, and then accompanied by that is when we do our cooking lessons, we are out in the community going shopping at the grocery store and you know, I, th I think those are the types of experiences that are the most meaningful to all of our students. And it just breaks my heart that we're not able to participate in those things right now. And, you know, we're making it work with alternative digital activities or uh, lessons. But um, once we can actually do hands-on experiences, that's, that's what I really look forward to going back to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to experience transition for like what it's supposed to be because, you know, this is my first year in transition. All I know of it is, you know, in this weird digital world. So um, I'm looking forward to that and hopefully we can, I can continue to pick your brain about, you know, what works and what doesn't once we're back out in the community. Oh yeah. So you're, you're definitely going to be um, mind blown in a sense, once you're able to fully be a transition teacher it's it's a lot of fun i i love it and yeah right now it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel that way <laughs> yeah it feels like more of a classroom based program which transition is not meant to be yeah it's it's all about those off campus and hands on experiences that are that's what makes a transition program yeah i'm sure you have a million stories you could write a book about <laughs> I don't have time to, but <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, Fiona, tell us uh, where we can find you and all of your different platforms and things like that. So we can find all of your amazing resources. Yeah. So on social media, um, I'm mostly on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so Facebook, it'll be just adulting made easy. And then Instagram is sped adulting. Uh, my blog is www.spedadulting.com and through there you can find all of my different social media links and my link to Teachers Pay Teachers. Um, on there it's Adulting Made Easy, aka Sped Adulting, that way the two names combine. <laughs> and then other than that I think just, I mean I'm on other little random things but I don't really like, I don't really go on Twitter too often but yeah I'm on there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And I'll make sure I put all of that in um, the show notes and the details so that if, you know, you, you didn't have a pen or pencil to write that down, um, you can go ahead and find it there. And um, we just celebrate Fiona today for coming on today and taking the time 
Um, and I hope you guys got a lot of out of that just as I did. So um, we appreciate you coming on here and taking the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed that just as much as I did. Fiona is such an amazing resource. Please, please, please check her out. Follow her on Instagram at spedadulting and make sure you go check out her blog, Adulting Made Easy, AKA Sped Adulting. And if you're a teacher or even a parent at home looking for extra resources, her Teachers Pay Teachers page is absolutely incredible. Everything is so well-priced. It's amazing stuff. You can download it right onto your computer. You can use it in Google Slides. You can um, put it on Google Classroom. Everything is so user-friendly. Highly recommend checking out that Teachers Pay Teachers page. Um, again, that's at Adulting Made Easy, aka Sped Adulting. Um, go check it out. You won't want to miss it. And I hope to see you guys soon with some more guests. I hope you guys are having a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you next time.